friends, welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, and today we're in for a real treat and a fun conversation. We're talking all about why our behavior doesn't earn us anything with God, and why it's one of the most freeing truths that we'll ever encounter. But before we dive in, I just wanted to point out that this episode is actually a first. We're starting something called The Brilliant Life, where we sit down with a guest once a month and talk about what it looks like to put these keys into practice. So today, I'm joined by not one, but two lovely guests who've been learning to use these keys for quite some time. Let's jump in with Teresa Cook and Jenny Taylor from Team Brilliant. So Teresa and Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. Um, Jenny, we'll start with you. Can you kick us off with a quick introduction about yourself? Um, just let us know what you do here at Team Brilliant and where this journey all started for you. Yes, thank you for having us. So um, I'm Jenny Taylor, and I am the Director of Administration and Content here at Brilliant. I've been with Brilliant for about 12 years now, and some of you may know me from our Brilliant Life coaching sessions as one of the um, coaches along with Teresa. For me, the brilliant life, this is a really difficult question to narrow it down. So (laughs) I think if I had to narrow it down to a key moment, it started many years ago uh, with John 10.10, which is, you know, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. And how it started is that I grew up in the church. I grew up all my life knowing about God, hearing scripture, hearing about God, you know, key Bible verses. And through all of that immersion in church world, I never had an experience with God that was my own. I knew that he was for certain people, meaning that he spoke to certain people or he selected certain people. I never knew that he was for me to experience. I often felt tolerated by him which I think is a common thing for a lot of Christians is they don't know that God is interactive, Mm -hmm. that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interactive. They're meant to be experienced, not just learned about or heard about. And they're not for specific people. We all Mm -hmm. have the same starting place, which is Jesus. And so for me, when I read John 10, 10, I wanted to know about the abundant life that Jesus came for. For me personally, I wanted to know what that was. I knew that I wasn't living it and I wanted to experience it. And so that really did set me out on this journey of discovery that has now been decades later. That's really amazing. And I think really relatable too. So we'll have lots of time for conversation and to dialogue more about that. But Teresa, what about you? What is your role here at Brilliant and how did you become a part of this community? Well, that's a really hard one to answer because I am the uh, BTV comment manager, along with Jenny, a brilliant life coach, and many, many, many more things. So I think right now my job description is actually being redefined as we get bigger. So how did I get started in this brilliant life? I think I was very fortunate when I first got saved. One of the very first scriptures that I learned was 1 Corinthians 13. And some of you may have heard me say this, but everywhere it says love, 
put your name in there because if Jesus is love and he's in you and you're in him, then we get to grow into everything that he is Mm. and take hold of everything that he's given us. And so even songs like um, whatever is holy, pure and just, I learned a song that said, whatever is holy, pure and just, let your mind dwell on these things. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. I had no idea it was a scripture, but I took hold of it as though it was a truth. So those key scriptures actually became the framework and the lighthouse in which I lived my whole life. And so I feel like I really learned from the very beginning of becoming a Christian that I didn't just see these as scriptures or plaques that you put up on the wall. I really did see them as powerful promises that you actually got to be a part of and participate in the learning and be. And so I always knew that if I was struggling, I would go back and say, okay, Teresa's patient, Teresa's kind, Teresa's loving. I would just go down the list. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time. But what Mm -hmm. I did know is that it empowered me to live above my circumstances and not live under the weight of them. Those were the foundational pieces that I didn't realize would lead me to where I am now. That's so helpful to hear the background context because both of you carry so much wisdom. So it's really cool just to see that you've been putting these keys into practice over time. And also that, you know, we all have a beginning and a starting place with these keys. So thank you for sharing. And now that we know a bit more about you two, we're going to have some fun. But first, let's go ahead and frame our conversation time with a quick video from Graham. So I'll play that right now. You don't get things from God because of your behavior. You get them because of your placement in Jesus. You get them because He is one, right? We may be struggling to be one with God. God is not struggling to be one with us. He is not struggling. He's not going, oh, that Graham, dear Lord. If I had a God, I would pray to Him right now about that one. (laughs) He's not doing that. Let me read you something brilliant from the Bible. It's in Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? What does that mean? It means you can't even be against yourself. I know you've tried it. I know. I hear stuff. You can't even be against yourself successfully because he won't stand for it. Wow. That was great. There was a lot packed into that 30 seconds, and it's addressing a lot of things that I think all of us can relate to. So the first one is the thought that God's sole focus is on our sin, that he's always pointing out our flaws and expecting our best behavior. And we just get weighed down by the thought that our behavior determines our standing with God. Jenny, I'm sure you have lots of thoughts about this. So let's go ahead and start with you. And I'm going to ask you to think back to your mindset when you first heard this truth, in which Graham says, we may be struggling to be one with God, but he's not struggling to be one with us. And it comes from that scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So can you just tell us a little bit about what that statement means to you and What is the permission or the freedom here built into that truth? Yeah. First off, I love that in that clip, Graham disarmed with humor. The thought that God would be saying, if I had a God, I'd be praying to him about this boy right here. (laughs) It's just, 
I think humor can take us far with God. And I think the things that we take so seriously, he is not that serious about because he's not confused about who he is. And what I love about that clip is we talk about this a lot here that, you know, God put us into the one place where he could love us in exactly the same way that he loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he put us into Jesus. So there would be no separation. And the thing about God is once he does something, it's done, it's done and it's settled in him and it's resolved. And oftentimes it's not resolved in us that we are in Jesus. That is our starting place for everything. So if we are struggling to be one with God, it's because we need to go back to that starting place and to ask for a better understanding or for an understanding period of what it means to be put into Jesus, to be placed into Jesus. So when there is something in our life that we're struggling with, he is not judging us. He's not condemning us. He's not criticizing us. He's saying, ah, I see that that touched a sore spot in her. I want to give her my goodness in this situation. And he's committed to that, giving you that experience of his nature. So if we are struggling with oneness, it's because we're not walking in newness of life because we don't fully understand what it means for us to be placed into Jesus. Yes, that it's so good because a lot of it is just foundational, but once we actually take hold of that truth, it changes completely the way that we see God. And I loved what you said. You talked a bit about, you know, what's the permission that's embedded in that truth. And it's that God doesn't address us with shame or guilt or condemnation, but he gives us space to learn and to grow. And and you said the word committed, that he's committed to giving us that experience of his character and of his nature. And so when we go in with that lens, it really changes the way that we encounter life and experience the Lord with us in it. So that was really beautiful, Jenny. I appreciate that response. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's another negative thought I want us to tackle for a moment. Um, we're, we're just going to flip it on its head, but it's the idea that I have to fix myself before I can earn God's love and approval or in order to be in perfect standing with him. Teresa, I would love to hear your immediate thoughts on this one. And my question is also, have you ever felt this way? And if so, how do you feel about it now? Well, I think we're human. So I think we all feel that way from time to time. I think it's when um, we learn that that's never our starting place. Like you said, Jalen, God's never going to deal, talk to us through a lens of shame or guilt or disappointment. Um, those, when we start feeling that way, those really are indicators that you've outgrown the old you. And you have permission to grow up into something new. We're constantly growing and evolving and developing. So that's why it's really key when we feel this way. It might be true that you feel that way. But the truth is, if God is for us, then who can be against us? So I think um, when you start feeling like, oh, I need to, I need to fix this. That's just a beautiful indicator. There's nothing wrong with you. There's just something missing that God is fully committed to walking you into that process. Like who he was for me a year ago wasn't working. 
And so I was feeling like I needed to make up for something and fix something. And, and it's just that starting place. Oh, okay. You're wanting to teach me and grow me up into something different. And when you know who he wants to be for you, that teaches us who we want to be in this situation. Then you know how to be in that situation. So all of those negatives that we feel from time to time, they're just indicators. They're just indicators that it's time for something new. That is so helpful the way you explained it. And I was even making this connection, you know, with Jenny, we were just talking about the permission that God gives us. Mm -hmm. And with you, we're talking about, you know, what's our starting place. And so immediately I think of placement. And when I first came to Brilliant, that was something that was really pivotal for me in understanding. So would you just take a moment to explain what is placement and what does it mean that that's where we're starting? Yeah, I love that. Placement is so, so important because, you know, between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's like this beautiful triangle that we get to live in the middle of. And this is our placement. This is always our starting place. This then becomes where our confidence comes from. Because when you learn how to live in placement, as a truth, when you learn, when you're feeling those negatives to go straight into that place that the father gave you, all of your needs will be met. So this is where we learn um, how much we're loved, how much we're adored, how much we're delighted in. Even when we maybe aren't being delightful for other people, God, that he still delights in us. And so placement is where we go to feel delighted. This is where we learn how to look into his gaze. And we all know if you've ever looked and gazed into his eyes, you're never the same again, right? And so when you're feeling really heartbroken, you're feeling broken, you're feeling like something's not working, you're feeling stuck, you're feeling the pressure, you're feeling all those negatives weighing in on you, just let it be an indicator. Ah, I just need to gaze into his eyes. And this is how we learn how to rest. And the more that you learn how to rest in placement, you'll learn how to trust. Something happens in our heart, our trust expands. And God will never separate you from this place because he loves us. So you cannot earn placement because Jesus already paid the price. It's like when when he paid that price, he created this place for us and that's our inheritance. So we don't have to we don't have to buy our way into it, but we do have to learn how to live in that place. And so when you're living a life of negatives, those are just indicators that it's time to learn how to live in placement. It's really time to learn how to gaze into his eyes and to really understand how loved and adored you really are in spite of who you're being in that moment, whether you're doing good or whether you're not doing good. And it's a gift. And so, like Jenny said, he put you into the one place. He put you into Jesus and he put Jesus in us. And I think one of the things I love about that is then you learn what the truth is. Because it might be true, I'm not doing so great in this department and there's room for development. But the truth is the father has already set me free from that place. The truth is Jesus has already made a way for me So when you learn how to live in placement, it is the truth that sets you free. And Graham said it so beautifully, if God is for us, who can be against us? So when you're feeling like stuff is against you, 
go back into placement and figure out who God is for us in that situation. And then it doesn't matter what's against us because we learn how to live who God is for us. Yeah. And I love even the other part of what Graham was saying, which is that we can't even be against ourselves. <laughs> right. And placement and permission. It's for me, at least it's both a mindset, but it's also an experience. And as I experience the kindness and the gentleness of God, it solidifies that mindset. And there are moments where I forget, you know, and I just get to turn back my gaze and say, this is my starting point. So, you yeah. know, it's one of those things you can always go to at any moment. And that's the beautiful part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just one last thought I want us to address. And it's a really common phrase that at least I've heard, maybe you two have heard it, but the thought that walking with God is hard because we're always struggling with sin. Um, and so either of you can weigh in on this one, but I would say life looks a lot different when we're constantly being our own taskmaster or trying to change ourselves through discipline or guilt, um, or even when we think that God is treating us this way. And I know here at Team Brilliant that we say, what you think about God is the most important thought you'll ever have. So my question to both of you is, is there an alternative to our own self-efforts at behavior modification? Um, is there another way to learn to live life in the spirit that's actually life-giving and joyful? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think we both probably have tons to say about this. <laughs> so uh, the first thing that I would like to say um, is, is that, that if walking with God is hard, it's only because you have not experienced the uncomparable love of Jesus that ruins you for anything less than the fullness of his love. Because once you've experienced that, you can't settle for anything less than that. And you can also identify the counterfeits to it immediately because they don't measure up. And so what I would say is, if you think that walking with God is hard because we're always struggling with sin, it's because you haven't experienced his love in such a way that sets you free. And then I would say how you do that is with beholding and becoming, because what we behold, meaning what we think about, what we rehearse in our minds and in our heart, that's what we nurture. And if we are nurturing, pick anything, but if we're nurturing stress, worry, anxiety, disappointment, sorrow, heartache, if we're nurturing those things by thinking about them and by looking for them around every corner, then that's what will grow in us. We're going to find it, whether it's there or not. And we're going to find it in our mindset, which is how we think about everything. Our lens, which is how we view the world around us. And it's going to come up in our language, how we talk about our experiences, people, and life in general. But when we begin to hold the magnificence of God, the majesty of Jesus, and the beauty of the Holy Spirit, our mindset, our lens and language, those begin to shift. And our experiences are going to reflect that shift. We're going to begin to experience things differently, even if it doesn't change at a ground level, circumstances don't change. How we experience them, who we are in the midst of them, that's what will change. Mm -hmm. And I loved how you started it with uh, the phrase beholding and becoming, because that's a big key. And I was thinking of, I know Graham has 
said this example before, but you know, if you're meeting someone at a coffee shop and you're maybe you come a little bit late, when you go in, the first thing you do is you look for that person. And so you scan the crowd and suddenly, oh, I found that friend. And it's the same thing when we're looking for the nature of God. You know, if we go into a situation looking for his kindness, looking for his gentleness, then we're going to find it. <laughs> so I think that's just a huge key. That was a great example. But Teresa, did you have any thoughts on that um, question just about, is there an alternative to our own efforts at behavior modification? Uh, yes, there's a ton of them. And we're only giving a couple of them because we are all so uniquely made. Jenny and I have been friends for many, many years. We've walked many, many roads together. And we always think it's so beautiful that we always come from different angles. But I think, I think what's important is that you see the indicators that are in front of you. So if people are saying that walking with God is hard, the reality is life is hard. And we may trust God to get us to the end. The question is, who do you want to become when you get to the end? Who was the father for you in the process till you got to the end? Because that is just as important. Whether you choose to walk with God or not, it's going to be difficult. The question is, who do you want to become in the process? And who does he want to be for you in the process? So perspective is everything. And that goes back to, um, if God is for us, who can be against us? So if it's hard, listen, it's always an inside job, right? I mean, you know, I have someone in my life right now that I've known for many years and we're still having the same conversations like 20 years later. And she is still trying to fix all of her outside perimeters and her schedule and, and all of her boundaries. But um, when you're trying to fix yourself and your boundaries, it's always about where you are not willing to go for whatever reason, and it's where other people can't come into. And that becomes behavior modification when the reality is it's hard for you because it's an inside job. When you settle in your heart once and for all, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world, then it's about who you're becoming. If that, if what's happening in your world feels bigger than what's happening in you, there's nothing wrong. It's just an indicator. It's time to reposition. It's time to get back into placement. It's time to, to refocus what you're thinking on. Because when you get back into placement and you get the truth, then you're no longer dealing with what's true in the world. It might be true that your life is falling apart. It might be true that you're experiencing heartbreak. It might be true all of the things that life brings us that are hard but that's not the truth because you aren't being set free. And God's promise is that the truth will always set you free. So if you're feeling stuck, then there's something about truth that you have not grabbed onto and you have to practice it. In fact, you mentioned um, permission earlier. And here at Brilliant, we say that placement is what gets you free, but permission is what keeps you free. Because once you, once the father gives you a new truth, then you have to walk it out. If you knew how to walk it out, you wouldn't be stuck. So you're practicing something and that's where there's permission in the heart of the father. So when you're practicing and you're messing up, 
you go back into placement. And the truth is, my God loves me and he delights in me and he is for me. And he is greater in me than, than what's out here. So you go into placement, you get your truth, and then you practice that. And you have permission to practice until you become it. So that's why behavior modification doesn't work because it's always about setting these parameters around you, but then that limits you in your growth and your development. Instead of walking in the freedom, Jesus said, be in the world, but not of it, be in it, right? So when you know that God is greater in you than what's in the world, then you can live in the world. You can live amongst darkness and it will not affect you. You know, even in the Bible, we see all of our heroes, all of our heroes. And listen, when Moses first saw the burning bush, I would love to know actually how many years it took him before he actually stood before Pharaoh and look at how many times he stood before Pharaoh before he split the Red Sea. He had, he knew his placement in the heart of the father. He knew the truth. So when what was true that he was in the midst of evil in front of Pharaoh in one of the most demonic places on earth, he could walk in that and walk in the truth of who the father said that he was. And then he had permission to practice, to practice that until he became that. And so look at, you know, every hero in the Bible, they learned it somewhere and they didn't start with it. They became it. And that's the same permissions that we have. Oh, wow. There are so many nuggets in that, but I think if I could just sum up in my mind, kind of what I've been hearing is the idea that God is so relational with us, that he walks with us. And when we know that it just changes everything. And I love that both of you brought up scriptures too, because we talk a lot about how, you know, God's committed to giving us an experience of himself. Um, but even within that experience, God demonstrates the way he walks with us throughout the Bible. And one of my favorite verses is Psalm 25, um, verse four, and it talks about, you know, show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. And that implies that he's not just telling us, but he's actually walking with us and showing us. And I've even heard this quote once that said, if you want to walk with Jesus, you have to go at a walking pace because he was never in a hurry. He was arguably the busiest person on earth, but he was never in a rush. So just the key that God is so relational and walks with us. Um, so those were kind of my takeaways, but I would also want to give both of you the opportunity, if you could just sum up one main highlight that someone could take away from this conversation and really put it into practice in their lives, what would that one key be just in a summary? Yeah, I hope people are taking this away. If you don't take anything else away, please take this. Jesus died for you to live a powerful life. So much so that God sent his son for you to be powerful and to be everything that you were created to be. So if you don't feel powerful, if you don't feel beautiful, if you don't feel lovely, if you don't feel amazing, it's just an indicator. Find placement between the father son and holy spirit go and rest in that place and i remember a scripture for me that i have been walking that placement for over 30 years now psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want sometimes we want things more than we want god to shepherd us he leads me beside still waters he heals he restores my soul i mean you can go through that it's a, it's a process I still go 
when I'm having difficulties, I go right back into Psalm 23. God's giving me this secret place that only him and I go and I visualize it. So if you don't know how wonderful and powerful and how beautifully and created that you are and how much you're adored, find your placement. You are meant to be powerful. That's so amazing. good. Amazing. So good. Yeah, Jenny, go ahead. I, I see the thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I have so many thoughts. I think, Tracy, that's a beautiful thought. The only thing that I would say to piggyback on what she's saying is, is that we all have the same starting place. There is no one who has any more than anyone else. There's no one who has any more status or has more of a leg up than anyone else. Not me, not Teresa, not Graham, not Jaylin, not name a person. No one has anything more than anyone else because Jesus is the starting place. And you, right where you're at right now, not tomorrow, not any year's time when you get things cleaned up and you get to an acceptable place, right now you have access to everything in Jesus which is exactly what Teresa was talking about. So that would be my takeaway from today. That was very well said. And even just what you said about access, I think that's the big key here is we all have access. We're just growing in our awareness of that access. So thank you for joining us in our first Brilliant Life conversation. And I look forward to the next time. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Jalen. That was so much fun. So much fun. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, click the link in the description of today's episode to let us know what resonated with you the most. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you here next time.